Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Game of Love. I'm your host, Jessica Smith, and this is my 90th episode. I am so proud of myself. <laughs> you guys, I still, I still remember it like it was yesterday, the first episode that I recorded. My producer, Mike, was, was with me, and I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. And I remember when we started, he looks at me and he's like, you're shaking. And I'm like, yes, I, whew, it, it was a big deal. So I am proud that I am no longer shaking when I get on the mic. And now it's, well, I could just do it in my sleep now. And I am also thrilled to report that the Game of Love radio show has been amazing. It's been so much fun. If you guys haven't checked out my radio show, you can watch it. We live stream it every Friday night. It is on Mile High Sports, but on the Mile High Sports app, you can watch it. And it has a different vibe than my podcast. It's it's more lively, you know, it's it's on the airwaves, it's live, so we take commercial breaks and there's music and it's yeah, it's it's a little more playful, I would say. So, and I actually started putting a lot of the the radio show episodes on Spotify and Apple and and Google Play and all the, you know, all the all the places. And I wanted to also take a moment and thank each and every one of you. I am in over 33 countries, and it is an honor to have you listen. And I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate you wanting to listen to me. I appreciate you trusting me that what I'm going to say is going to be beneficial and helpful to you. And I appreciate the time that you put into listening to the show. And I love when I hear from you guys you know, on the reviews on Apple. I love when you guys slide into my DMs and share with me what you think of the show. And, oh, I just, I love getting your questions as well. And just to give you a heads up, what I decided doing in the future, I'm going to be addressing and answering more of your concerns and questions. So very soon I will start putting more and more on my social media, asking for your dating and relationship difficulties so I can help you guys out. I also want to thank all of the guests that I've had on this last six months. I have brought on some amazing experts in many different fields, and it's just been so beautiful. And I've hung on the word of each guest, and I hope you guys have too. And I hope you've gotten a lot out of it and enjoyed all that uh, the game of love has has brought. Well, uh, this episode, since it's the 90th episode, since it's halfway through the year, it's a pivotal time in my life that I wanted to do something different on my show today. And I'm going to treat this episode really like a journal entry. And I'm going to share with you the five biggest takeaways in my life this last year. And I will also throw in some, ah, 
some of what's been happening in my love life the last year, let me tell you guys, <laughs> it has been a roller coaster when it comes to my love life this last year. And we, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more about it. We'll dive into it in a minute. But first, I would love to share with you the biggest takeaways that I've had from this last year. And the reason why this year is so important, it's not COVID. It's, it's not the worldwide pandemic and everything that's going on. It's from the loss that I experienced a year ago. And that was the passing of my father. You hear it in my voice. It's still painful. We just celebrated the one year, the one year of his passing. And we, June is, June is, uh, has been hard uh, for my family because we not only had his, the anniversary of his passing, we also had his birthday a week after that. And then Father's Day a few days after that. So, so it has been an emotional time for me. And it's really interesting because I thought I was through the worst of it. And for those of you who have experienced great loss, you will know that the grieving process is, it's, it's not what you read about in books. It's very different when you experience it. And it's, it's messy. It's very messy. It's complex and it's erratic. <laughs> And it's been tough. So the reason why this year has been so remarkable, I will say, I, I use that word generously because I've experienced so much pain in my, pain from the loss of my father and also pain in my relationships because Around the time that my father died is when I shifted my values from wanting to be single and live my best single playboy lifestyle to really wanting a relationship and walking down that relationship path and, and treating dating in a, in a different way that I had been in a while. So it's, this last year has been crazy, you guys. I I was out on a run before this, and I'm like, okay, how much do I want to share of my personal life? And I was thinking about the, the guys that had come into my life, and oh, if I told you what has happened with these men that have been in my life the last year, <laughs> I would be on this mic for like three hours and I guarantee many of you would be blown away. Like, is this real? <laughs> is this real? My mom, she's like, there's never a dull moment in your love life. And she's like, it's like a lifetime movie. And I just started laughing. I'm like, well, it's like a lifetime movie, a Gaia series and Pornhub all rolled into one. <laughs> so it's very interesting. And I will tell you some stories. I'm not going to go through and as much as I want to, as fun as it would be to share, <laughs> really to get it off my, my chest would be great. Uh, there's an egoic part of me that would love to 
share all the things so you could witness witness what I've gone through. And then there's a mature part of me that's like, girl, you don't have to share all your business. <laughs> you really don't. So I'm going to share some stories. And first, let's start with the the five biggest takeaways that I've had over the last year. And this these are going to relate to life and relationships. So here we go. Um, within the first 24 hours of my dad's death, my aunt, who is one of the most amazing women I know, one of the most amazing, loving people, humans, hardworking, wise, she pulled my mom and I aside and she gave us a piece of advice that is invaluable. And she said this, people are going to disappoint you. People are going to disappoint you. So just be prepared. And I am so glad that she told me that because there were so many people that sent their condolences and were there for us and sent flowers and checked on us and prayed for us. And it was beautiful. And there was people that didn't. And it was disappointing and it was hurtful. And people said odd things. And, you know, death has an impact on people. And it's, it was interesting to see how people reacted within our family. And it, you guys, real talk, it was not pretty. It, it was not, it was not pretty. And having that piece of advice, people are going to disappoint you. It, it tailored our expectations. It, it, it helped me just to say, okay, like be prepared that people aren't going to do what I want them to do. Hard stop. So then when people did disappoint, I was like, you know what? And that's okay. And the way that I handled it was very yogic in, in that regard. And that piece of advice not only guided me through that initial intense and horrific period after my dad passed, it also kept going throughout this last year and played a part in my love life. Because when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, people are going to disappoint us. Really. I mean, even if they are exceptional people, they're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And they're not going to do what we want them to do when we want them to do it and how we want it done, right? It's just that simple. So when we, when we have my aunt's words in our head that people are going to disappoint, then we are not blindsided. I mean, we might be, you know, some people really act a fool and, and do ridiculous things that hurt us, but it hopefully doesn't hurt as much when we are just expecting it. And then when things don't go as planned as we hoped, as we dreamed, then, you know, we could say, you know, she said it, people are going to disappoint. And when, 
I, I realized in this moment that that can be that that phrase can be a little like wah wah like how sad people are gonna do me wrong and it can get a little like low vibrational for me in the way that I interpret it it is very empowering because it makes it so I I'm not I'm not out there judging people or expecting disappointment it keeps me in a place that I can be solid strong and equanimous and if you listen to the show a lot You've heard me say equanimous before. It's it comes from the word equanimity, which is it stems from equal that like you're cool, calm, and collected, no matter what is thrown at you, and that people are going to disappoint you is empowering. It's like okay, I got this. I am ready. <laughs> so when it does come, I'm not a victim, right? So. When it comes to love, dating, relationships, sex, all that good stuff, we got to be prepared, right? We got to be prepared. <sighs> now, the next thing I want to share, and these are not in sequential order, so I'm going to bounce around, and, and they're not all, like, beautifully linked together. So this next one, I have been committed, like hell-bent on doing to the best of my ability all the work that I possibly can on myself at any given point in my life and whatever phase I'm in. If you've read my book, 21 Days to Feeling Gorgeous, I talk about this extensively and I've had many therapists. I've read a ton. I've attended personal development workshops. I've done copious amounts of yoga and meditation and worked with healers and la la la, like all this stuff. Now, the reason why I share this is because <laughs> I thought that I was really ready for a relationship. So little less than a year ago, I, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do this relationship thing. And I, I was in this mindset, like I was going to find my person and I was, I was going to embark on a relationship because I was ready. I had done all this work. Like I was this package, total package, <laughs> just waiting to be delivered to the right person's door. And I really, I really thought like my side of the street was clean. Okay. And it was for the most part. And what I realized was once I got into a relationship, it opened up a whole can of worms I didn't even know was there. And I later found out from a therapist that there is only so much work that we can do on our own. And one of the biggest takeaways um, that I got from this last year was this, that there's, there's only so much work we can do on our own and there reaches a point, almost like a plateau, that we need to be in a relationship in order to heal certain wounds, to um, adopt 
different habits to shift and change our perspective. And that's what happened to me when I, when I got into a relationship and all of a sudden I was feeling all these things and I was like, wow, here I thought, I didn't think I was perfect, but here I was like, wow, I was this great catch. And now look at me, I'm like having difficulties communicating and getting aggravated and I'm feeling insecure and all these things. And that was something that I really felt compelled to share with you because I had a client last year that she was going through it. She was really, really going through it. She was going through it spiritually, um, professionally in her love life. And, and she came to me and she's like, I really, really, really want a relationship. And intuitively I was like, Ooh, honey, like a relationship is not what you need right now. Like what we need to do is, is handle all the other business. So then you can step into a relationship. And that's when I gave her, Oh, the bad news that uh, the good and the bad news that once she embarked on a relationship, it was gonna, it was gonna open up a whole new body of work. And when it comes to that stuff, and again, this is, this is not new. I've talked about this on other shows that, uh, and I've been saying this a lot. I've been doing a lot of interviews on other podcasts and, and radio shows that our partner is our guru. And all of us have some kind of unhealed issues and wounds with inside of us that we are just not aware of because they are unconscious to us because it's just our normal. Like we don't see it right? And what a partner does is come in and shows us those things. And spiritually speaking, that's one of the beautiful things about partnership is that there's opportunities for growth and healing to occur together. And speaking as a human being, relationships can be really fucking hard in that regard. You know, spiritual growth is, is, uh, it's not sexy and it's not easy frequently. So, you know, that's the, uh, the bittersweet nature of personal growth. So for those of you out there that are single and you're looking for love, just know that you need to keep working on yourself. Do everything that you can commit to your wellness to your your mental health your physical health your your spiritual health care for yourself and and keep learning keep discovering keep going keep reinvesting in yourself and know that once you do find a person to date to partner up with that there are going to be things that are going to come up and for some of you, it's going to be no big deal. You're going to be like, oh, okay, we'll just tweak this here and there. And for some of you, it might be really freaking hard. So know that. And I think I'm going to have to do a future podcast on this because there's so much to say on this topic. Actually, you know what? Now that I look at my list, I am going to touch on this in a little bit. So I will touch on this in a little bit. And I will give you a future podcast episode all about this. Now, the third thing that I have learned this last year 
in my personal life, how, how I shared earlier about people started kind of acting a fool after my dad passed away, my family really got shook up from it. And it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And with COVID and the social issues and the vaccine, all masking, and there's all of these divisive issues that came up for us the last year, right? I mean, there was so much. And going back to my family, my family is very split on political and social issues. So it's really funny that it's like 50-50. It's like half liberals, half conservatives, half vaxxers, half anti-vaxxers, you know, and it's like, it's so divided. And that can be very divisive, can be. And the third takeaway I had this year was unity and what unity looks like. Now, being in a family that's divided, we all love each other. And these issues that we all faced in the last year, a lot of us had very strong feelings and opinions on them. And we all think we're right, right? <laughs> well, the funny thing is that if we all think we're right, then who's wrong? And to what extent are we going to try to prove our point and recruit others? I don't know about you, but I just did not have, I didn't have the fortitude this last year to fight. I really didn't. Like, I, was, I was at a place that I was like, listen, I have my opinion. I don't need to put it on anybody else. And quite frankly, you guys, where I was, I was like, the whole fucking world could burn down and I don't give a fuck because I'm hurting. So that's where I was. So I had an interesting perspective. It was a little more um, raw and detached, but um, I was still very much in the fire. And going back to unity, I looked at my family. I looked at my friends. I looked at the world our whole soul family. And I was like, you know what? We are in shit times right now. And I don't want to fight anymore. And it took me to this expression that uh, I frequently have to ask myself is, do I want to be right? Or do I want to be happy? And I could have shared with everyone my opinions on everything and, you know, recruited people and, and argued and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just decided that everybody's entitled to their opinion. And period, hard stop. I don't, I don't have to have an opinion about it. I don't have to feel the same way. And I still love them. And I love them. And so unity was so important to say, you know what? We might not agree politically. We might not agree on masks. We might not agree on how to raise our children or, you know, like if, if you like this type of food or you don't, or you like this team or you don't, I'm over that because what I care about are the individuals and the people that I love. And 
that was something that was really beautiful to be able to take all these issues. And I just look at them. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you feel that way. Okay. I don't feel that way. And I love you. And we don't need to fight. And we don't need to have hard feelings. So that's something that really hit home with me this last year was unity. Also, I talk about unity. I'm one of the one of the teachers on a newer platform. It's called the Academy of Divine Knowledge. And there's some amazing teachers on there. So I talk more about unity with the founder of the Academy. So you can check that out if you'd like. All right. The fourth thing that I learned this past year was a lot about trauma and narcissism. And going back to what I was saying about learning and partnerships, it was interesting because, like I said, I had done all this work on myself and I thought I was this great catch. And it's like, I didn't have any issues. I had healed and addressed all my issues. Well, <laughs> spirits like, hold my beer, bitch. <laughs> we are going to take the most virtuous, kind, a man that walked the face of this earth, man that you love, we're going to take him out of your life unexpectedly overnight. You don't even get to say goodbye to him and see how you fucking handle that. <laughs> and there was times I handled it well. And there was times um, that I guess I handled it well. I'm pretty graceful. And what it did is it brought up some deep, deep, unhealed wounds from my childhood. And it was pretty wild to, to be in it and feel it. And then I, I, I would say like being my earthly self and then stepping back and being in my highest self or my angelic self and be able to zoom out and see it in its totality. And I'm like, oh my gosh, one of the gifts that I received from this horrific time was being ripped open to my core and having these unhealed wounds exposed. Ooh-wee. Uh, so I, I saw these wounds. And for me, I'm hell-bent. Hell-bent on healing. So I took it upon myself to find experts. And the spirit delivered. And... I found a therapist and I, I met an amazing friend when I was in the pool at Blue Spirit in Nassara, Costa Rica earlier this year, who just happened to be a complex trauma expert, uh, Julia Prezuso, who has been on this show. So I, I suddenly was surrounded by experts in the field of trauma and also narcissism. Now, um, I just came in hot with that word narcissist. I was married to a narcissist and shit, why don't I just share it? Why don't I just give you the full scope of this man I was married to? He is a narcissist, self-diagnosed 
sociopath, bipolar. Did I leave anything out? Nope. Um, that's that's who he was. And I know I had a soul contract with him that he played a part in my life that he taught me a lot. And I, I've shared on on other episodes how I am so thankful for him and and what we did together, there was a lot of beautiful things that came out of it. Beautiful children. A lot of, I learned a lot of lessons that could only have come from him or a person like him. And he helped mold me into the strong, intelligent woman I am today. Before him, I was naive and a little too sweet, a little too giving, a little two in my feminine and he helped create somebody stronger. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And he also fucking broke me, broke me. And I thought I was good. And then I lost my dad and my ex-husband was, he, I don't know. I, I'm like Aaron, all of our dirty laundry in this episode, but he, I don't think he's in a good place. I don't think he's been in a good place for a while and he's been acting a fool. And so I was dealing with him around the same time. And I realized that deep down, I still had issues and recovering from a narcissistic relationship is no freaking joke. And I realized that a few months ago, it was like a Tuesday at like 11 a.m. I was walking through my house and I stopped and I'm like, oh my God, I was in an abusive relationship. And you guys, that like, that was shocking to me. Number one, that it had been, I mean, I haven't been with this man for like seven years. I mean, he's still in my life because we co-parent. So, you know, he's not gone. And I think that's why it's still like, ugh. Uh, and I was shocked that it was just now occurring to me out of, uh, with all of the, the therapy that I've been through, that just now I am putting those words onto the relationship, like, damn, like, boo. So when, when I realized I was in an abusive relationship, that was called action that I needed to I needed to heal. So I shared a lot about me and I want to bring it around to us, okay, to you. I know that I am just one person and we may or may not share opinions and life experiences. And I'm also from the one source that you are from. And I have been around the block and I have met thousands of people throughout my life. And I know that we have common challenges throughout life and just being a human. And within the work that I do, I have been privileged to have worked with so many amazing people who have had horrific things happen in their lives that I have helped them heal from and transcend. 
And I can say, at this point in my life, my working theory <laughs> is that we've all been hurt. We have all been through some form of hell. And we all have trauma. And we all need healing. So if this is resonating with you, my heart goes out to you. I hear you. I see you. I, I don't know what your story is. And it matters. And I encourage you to, to dive into your healing. And do what you need to do to help you transcend your own trauma. If you go back and, and look at uh, past episodes, or episodes from the last six months, there's a, a lot of helpful information that's on this podcast. And I also encourage you to do what you need to do to heal yourself. If it's getting a therapist, if it's joining a group, if it's doing yoga, meditation, or all of the above, go do it, please. And know that you're not alone. Well, the final thing that I learned this last year is this. Our job at this juncture with all that's happening with each of us on an individual level, the struggles that we have personally, that you have, that you're going through, and the macrocosm, the, the planet, all of humanity, we all need to expand in our capacity to love. And that has been a mantra of mine this year. I'm expanding in my capacity to love. You know, we, we, we all have our ways of doing things, right? <laughs> Some of us might say, can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't believe that. That expression, people don't change. I absolutely believe that people can change. <laughs> Everyone but narcissists. I'm serious when I say that. I even asked my therapist that yesterday. Can narcissists really heal? And she's like, yeah, most of them don't. Like 90, I think she said 90% of narcissists don't heal. Anyway, I digress. I really do believe that most of us can change. And I think most of us want happiness, health, peace, like those fundamental things, right? And we need to show up as good humans. And we need to learn how to love beyond the way that we know love, understand love, been trained to love. We need to go beyond what we know of love. I mean, we get, we get stuck in our ways. And when it comes to dating... A lot of times, not everyone, but a lot of times, people will have this attitude of like, what have you done for me lately? What, what are you going to do for me? And, and it's my way or the highway. And you guys, I, myself included, I will throw myself in. Like, I am very loving and I'm accepting. And I did have this like, not even, I mean, they were, they're not even boundaries, but just like, I just had ways that I wanted things done. And what I realized this last year, one of the things I realized this last year is, you know, people are going to disappoint you. Life is pain. Life is pain. 
life is hard. You know, life is a, a opportunity for growth. It, you know, it's, whew. and we have a choice. And I chose to try to figure out how to love people differently. Because the way that I love, it's not the way that somebody else loves or interprets love or likes to receive love. And I feel like it's our responsibility to figure out how to do that, to figure out how to love people the way that they need to be loved. And in some cases, you guys, it sucks. <laughs> it kind of sucks. It's like, damn it, you know, I don't want to have to adjust to me. You know, it's like, no, like, why can't you just accept my love how it is and the amount that I'm giving you and, and you know, be good with it. And uh, no, 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 <laughs> that's not the case. So to share an um, anecdotal story, recently I have, <laughs> I love how I'm like, have, had, uh, had, have, I, I, it's kind of past tense, kind of present tense, a man in my life that I spoke about publicly on my radio show, on somebody else's radio show. I have talked about it pretty openly about this relationship and how it played out. And can you guys tell I'm getting a little nervous sharing what I'm about to share? <laughs> so going back to my point of expanding in our capacity to love, I was dating this man that we really liked each other. And there were so many things that were good about us. Like, Mm. I was like, damn, like we are almost perfect for each other. And then there were some fundamental things that or maybe not even fundamental things. There were just some things that were not, were not going well. And I have come to realize that the way that he gives love and receives love is very different from the way that I give and receive love. And we got to a place that we were either never going to speak to each other again or never see each other again, just like end to be, be done. Not, not because we were mad at each other or hated each other. Or there was no drama or anything like that. It was very mature or, or we could stretch ourselves, recalibrate, try different things, try a little harder, do things a little different. And that's what I decided to do. And I don't want to go down this road of boundaries and everything and because that is that is part of the conversation. Yet what I decided to do since I've been studying yoga philosophy and implementing yoga philosophy into my life for over a decade, I decided something different with this man. So we could have just called it, but there I just felt like it was not finished yet between us and that we just needed to keep going. It, it hadn't played out yet. So what I decided to do is take a very yogi approach to our relationship and expand in my capacity to love him. So I started doing things that I normally wouldn't have done, things that were beautiful, things that were loving, things that I would normally do in a committed relationship where it was safe to express myself and be very lovey-dovey and romantic. I started doing that. And also, 
I was talking to one of my friends, uh, Ken Reed, who, if you're on my Instagram, we'll do Instagram lives together. He is a transformational coach. He's in Australia, this wonderful man. He used to be a gay dating coach and he's made a transition and him and I were on FaceTime one day and we were just talking about our own personal love lives. And he's like, Jessica, I don't understand why it's so hard for us to say the things that we want to say. And that blew me away because there were so many things. Uh, not, I mean, yeah, yeah. There were so many things that my heart wanted that I wasn't saying. And I had to check myself. I'm like, we are not going to live like this. We are not going to hold back and not let our heart speak. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to speak from the heart. And that takes some, that takes some fucking balls. Let me tell you, there were some things that came out of my mouth in the last month that I, I just like, I don't know exactly how I did it. I just took the fear that I had around that. And I just like plucked it out of my psyche and I just spoke and I, I spoke from, uh, it was very direct and it was loving and I wasn't sugarcoating things or walking on eggshells and I wasn't being malicious for me neither. So going back to this gentleman and going back to my yogic approach to our relationship, I stopped weighing the risk of if I was going to get my heart broken. I stopped keeping tabs on reciprocity. And I wanted to see how much I could expand in my capacity to love. And let me tell you, I am so freaking proud of myself. I really pushed beyond. And if it, like, I spoke from the heart with him to the point that I got choked up. I said things to him that I could feel myself blushing. I said things to him that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I don't know about this. And I just fucking did it. And I got to tell you how good it feels to play full out and not hide and not be scared and not be like, well, if I say this, he might not like me or if I like, I'm like, fuck it. I just kick the door open and I'm like, and this is how I feel about you. <laughs> and uh, it feels really good. It feels really, really good. There's a lot of liberation with it. And I encourage you to expand in your capacity to love, to look at somebody else and want to know their love language, want to speak their love language, want to really, really love them like they deserve. And that's really beautiful, isn't it? You know, I think so often, I think a lot of us are underloved. And when we can not be a martyr, not sacrifice ourselves, but look at the other person and say, you deserve love. This gentleman had a rough upbringing and one night, I was sitting on his lap and I was looking at him and I was thinking about his past and everything he'd been through and I got emotional. And I said, I hope, I hope and wish that you find a woman, if it's me or someone after me, that loves you the way you deserve to be loved. And that is a beautiful thing. 
and I think if we started, if each of us started to look at the other person that we are in intimate relationships with or even just low-key or superficial dating, to have more compassion and to be able to express ourselves and to say the things that we're scared to say, to be real, to be genuine, to be loving. I think the world would be a much better place. So those are my five takeaways from this last year. (laughs) Boy, what a year it's been. (laughs) If I can go further, and since I I shared my five things, because I love formatting my, my podcast in this way, I'll leave you with some hope that as hard as the world is right now and as difficult as things can be in your life, you have you. You have your internal strength and wisdom, passion, intelligence, all the beautiful things that make you you. And when we apply these, these five things that I've learned from the last year, I hope, I wish that it'll strengthen and give you this internal fortitude to stand up strong, to love yourself, to be open to love, to know that you can handle anything that is thrown your way. You might handle it gracefully. You might waver. You might trip and fall. It might not be pretty. And you'll handle it. We're going to lead with love this next year. Expand in our capacity to love. Expect that people are going to disappoint us, and that's okay. That's just part of the game of life and the game of love. (laughs) Keep your hope alive. Keep your hope alive. And know that your person is out there somewhere. One of my favorite things to tell myself if I ever start to lose hope is, my soulmate walks the earth this very day. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. But he's out there. And we'll be together, we'll be brought together in divine timing, in the divine place. It'll happen. It'll happen for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm sending you my love. I see you. I feel you. I'm sending you a big, big hug. And until next time, get out there and love each other.